Good morning, everybody. Hopefully your Friday's starting out good. I went back to coffee today because I needed an extra boost. Third week down. Hard to believe. First thing I want to say jumping into this, I am not a therapist, nor am I an attorney. I'm an individual much like yourself. It's gone through this traumatic experience and had a uh, had some epiphanies out of result of it. Come up with some tips and techniques that help me that I hope will help you. I was going to try something a little different today for this show. Kind of want to end the week on a high note and uh, just start talking a little bit about how things get better. And I'm hoping that some people who have experienced that can share their stories on how their lives have improved through this, how their perspective has changed. If you want to participate in today's show, you can do that by dialing one 424 a3 or 1424-DSD-LIVE. If you're calling from outside of the United States and want to participate but don't want to pay those international calling rates, scroll on down to the description or the show notes and try the web interface. Ah, oh, man. I think I, I got to move this. This is bothering me. It's like sitting in the background, just like peeking its little eye over the corner. The other thing I want to mention is be careful with diagnoses or attempting to diagnose somebody. The only person that can do that is a licensed clinical professional in a professional environment. Now, if you have a diagnosis, outstanding. If not, be careful throwing around terms you know, cluster B, dark triad, NPD, borderline. I understand that uh, we have to learn these things and get an education in all of it to understand what we're dealing with, but know that it does not help our cause, does not help your cause if you are playing therapist and uh, it could blow up in your face. So just be careful of that. Learn everything you can, understand the patterns of behavior, understand how to deal with it, but be careful to uh, not have that knowledge end up hurting you. Last thing, if you like what's going on here and you want to support this channel, you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can do that with channel memberships over on YouTube, uh, and there's other means on the website to, to support if you so desire. If you want to part, again, if you want to participate, the number is one four two four three seven three five four eight three. One four two four three seven three five four eight three. So I was uh, I was taking a moment yesterday thinking about some of the things that had happened. And oftentimes I'll tell you guys how life is better now than it, you know, it's better than it ever has been after all this. I'll often say that 
looking back on it, it feels like my best day when I was in the, in the nightmare, under the illusion, in the fog, the veil was still down. <laughs> uh, those good, the, the best day during that is like a worst day now. It's really, it's really weird how that all played out. I think part of it is, is when you're living an illusion, you know it. You fundamentally know it. You may not accept it. It might not be something that uh, is in your face and you're really seeing. But in, the, in your subconscious, you know something's wrong. And it, and it infects every part of your day. It doesn't help whenever you have somebody who's systematically trying to gaslight you and undermine you and make you feel like you're going crazy, make you question your own worth, makes, uh, even if you're successful, it can be really tough to, to endure all that. Not going to lie. Once you, once you start seeing the light, it's still a painful experience. It's, it's incredibly tough where you just, when you're starting to see the reality, it's, it, it, it just messes with your head. So I guess, you know, saying, talking about, and I guess, I, okay, so to be, so to be clear, well, see, it's kind of weird. Cause I'll say, cause you know, when you're going through that transition to where you're getting out of the fog and you're starting to see reality, that middle pay or that, that beginning phase, that's not really the middle, it's the beginning phase is really tough because your entire view of reality is shattered and you, it hurts and you feel like you're never going to get through it. It feels like the worst pain you've ever experienced. As I see, I paused when I said that because I was thinking back to the really bad days during, during the relationship. And those were some pretty bad days too. And to be honest, those days were probably harder. But as you progress through this, you start to learn, you start to, to heal yourself. You Hopefully you're doing constructive things, trying to improve your life. Hopefully you're working on those inner child wounds. Then things start to turn around. Now, again, that is not an easy process either took me a few years and it was a uh, it was a rough 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 <laughs> rough time the thing is is that and one of my biggest hopes for this channel is for people to see the possibility that there's life on the other side of it I hope you see that from from me and my story you can see the back catalog of content and go, okay, you know, this guy made it. And then you start to see other people, either if you're in, in a live stream and, and you're watching comments or, or you're reviewing comments where people are saying, yeah, you know, that's exactly the same. I've, I, this was really tough, but I've gotten to the other side and life is better. It's richer. It's, it's more colorful. It, it's, it's, it, there's a bunch, <laughs> there's a bunch of different ways to explain it. So, that's the main thing. It's that, you know, stick with it. Don't give up. Keep pressing forward. 
Know that there are going to be some times where you get knocked down, but that it's, it's, it's like anything in life that you have to work towards to, to get a goal. Anybody out there who's gone and let's say they've gone to, uh, got a degree. That's a long involved process. It takes a lot of time and in some ways some pain, but it's, 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 I think it's with anything, anything that someone sets their mind to and says, okay, I want to get to point, you know, I'm here, I'm at point A, I want to get to point B and I have to do all these steps and I have to gain this knowledge and this experience to get there. It's along the same lines. The difference is, is that most other things aren't as painful. They're not as catastrophic to your life view than everything else that, uh, that you probably had to, or that, that what you're going through with this. Mr. Mann says, there is life after this madness. It has made me stronger and more confident. See, and, it, and it's, it's weird. It's, it starts out where you don't think that. You think it's just going to be this, 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 this chronic pain that you can never get, get over. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a rough time. It is absolutely a rough time, but you can heal from it. You can get your life back and, uh, they will not have dominance over the rest of your life. It may feel like it sometimes, it may feel like you're going to live in the shadow of this nightmare forever. Just hold out that hope of the possibility that you'll be able to get through this. That hold, that grasp that they have will go away. One thing I want to mention, I want to, I want to see if I can find it. Um, let's see here. Whoops, I hope I could type right. This video here. Okay, that didn't work. Oh, I gotta I forgot to do this when we started. So let me let me this one right here. You have no power over me. I'll just cursor over it if I click into it and you'll see a little bit of a replay. I I pull some clips out of the movie Labyrinth. And at the end of the movie, if you've seen it, Sarah finally realizes that she has given the Goblin King, played by David Bowie, all the power over her. And that's kind of what happens with us, is we've given the power over to the narcissists in our lives. But one day, you wake up. One day you look at things differently and you realize, wait a minute, you, you only have power because I give it to you. Now, I understand that they're empowered by the family court system and all that stuff. But honestly, at the end of the day, it's our perspective, it's your perspective on how you decide to deal with that and interact with it. So, anyways.
<laughs> Divorce Papa says, I've never looked at that movie the same since you used that example in your video. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it was a good example. YouTube nailed me on that initially. When the first cut I did of that, they're like, nope, <laughs> that is a copyright violation. You will not be posting that. But fortunately, I reviewed my, my internet YouTube information and found a way to, uh, to make that acceptable. Anyways. All right. I think we have a caller and a return caller, and I think we're going to get an update. So I am going to go to to uh, person on the line. It says, calling, to give, calling in to give an update on what happened with the court yesterday. Had some good news. So excited to share it. If you have time. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's drop you in. Hey, welcome back to the show. Dwayne, how's it going? It's going pretty good. So what happened yesterday? How did it go? Oh, man. Um, I just had a, I'm on the East Coast here, so I'm working already. I just had a, a call canceled, so I have a, a, just a few minutes. I'd love to spend more time, but let me give you at least a summary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, uh, it went pretty well. It went pretty well, I have to say, and I was a little surprised. I mean, the judge actually didn't show up he had the assistant judge and i honestly think that was a big difference because i i always felt like the judge you know and, and it's just so it's so crazy because it's a crapshoot like really not a crapshoot actually a lot of it's predictable because the judge was aligned with my ex's attorney who's a very powerful attorney right and now that the judge is there and this guy is not he's like an assistant judge he doesn't care he's not he's not leaving the bench he's not even on the bench technically he took over the case and, and handled it, and we, we worked with him for the hour. But, um, but he just leaned towards me, and, and just, just things seemed to go my way much more this time. Um, you know, my ex actually, because we weren't in court, she couldn't control herself. So she just kept talking, and she made herself look like an idiot more than ever. And I was really quiet. I was the only one on camera. They only called it by voice. I think it was really helpful to be on camera. I was wearing a suit. Mm. Um, no one else was on camera except for the assistant judge and his assistant. But we basically, you know, he was really caught up in some major discrepancies and facts, which the prior judge would never really focus on, which I found frustrating. But like this guy was like, okay, wait. So the parenting coordinator who's aligned against me, of course, um, said that I met with her only once during a certain period. And I said that I met with her 13 times. Right. He's basically trying to say I'm not amenable to the parenting coordination process, which is important for making peace and resolving plans so you can take care of your children. And if you don't do that, it suggests that you're a bad parent. Right. You know, and so for her to say I only met with once when I met thirteen times and, you know, I don't want to say this to them, but I actually have recordings of every session, which are technically admissible, but we don't want to go there. We're gonna let them bury themselves because they keep on saying that I fabricated that. Mm -hmm. It just it's just maddening. Not maddening, it's just incredibly just crazy that she has the nerve or just the absent-mindedness to say that I'm fabricating that when the facts are so far from she's aligned with the parenting coordinator who isn't in the isn't in the court hearing but the parenting coordinator is very important here because they were basically saying the parenting coordinator has a right to set the schedule and if the kids were healthier in this place versus this place because of COVID right they should be there you know and we're tell she's not a medical doctor number one and number two Actually, more importantly, she doesn't have the authority to change the parenting schedule. 
Right. She oh, yeah. Does, and she has the authority to work with many things, but she, you know, that's a court ordered agreement. She doesn't just get to change that at will. And the assistant judge agreed with that. So our fundamental premises were agreed with. They looked at them unfavorably in terms of just the facts as they were presented. And, you know, I took my lawyer out to dinner last night. We celebrated. He's been through his own divorce. We were joking about it. He's like, you know, you deserve more access to your kids than I do to mine. And his son was at the table with us who's like 10 years old laughing about huh. it. He's, you know. So let me like, ask you this. Did, ha- have you, so yeah. you are getting more time. I mean, I'm assuming that in, in, in all of this, your, your connection. Or, uh, days in, we secured 10 days and we did it in the session because we always had awesome. so many problems. Great. We 10 days, you know. And at one point, I had four hours when she gave me some time in June, and and the assistant judge says that's not that's not meaningful time. So I'm getting eight hours a day. I still don't have overnights because you know of some other traumatic things that happened, um, but we'll get there. Yeah, but it's you're making progress. Of, lot, yeah, I mean, well, you know, congratulations, man. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. You know, I was really worried about how this was going to go when we talked the other day. Even on the air, it, we were concerned that it would not go your way and you were going to have to go the appellate route, and at least you had a victory. So congratulations. That is awesome. No, absolutely. Well, it's not done because we haven't right. – I don't know how official this is. Things are, with COVID, everything's a little crazy right now. Like, I don't think the judge would turn back the decision of the assistant judge, but, but who knows? Like, yeah. it's not totally clear because he's technically not a judge. Either way, man, enjoy the victory. I, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Dwayne. Thanks so much. You know, you're, you're awesome. I, I, you know, the show is, it's a part of my daily inspiration now and when I can call in that is, but I listen to the recordings when I can't and, um, you know, keep up the, the good fight. Thanks. Uh, congratulations. And thanks for the support. I appreciate it. You know, guys, sometimes it, it these can go a, a variety of ways. But typically, as long as we don't make colossal mistakes, it tends to work out after time. We, we shouldn't have to fight as much as we do I have to spend as much money and go through this process, but uh, it's it's you know it's, I like to hear whenever people are having some successes. See, I got a super chat from uh, William. He says, uh, "Coffee is on me. Thanks for the help." <laughs> Why? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I will uh, I will get a better coffee coffee tomorrow or after the show. I see there is a question from, uh, uh, whoops, it moved up. It says, uh, from Will, it says, the biggest question I've had over this time, how is it that the one who wanted the divorce is the same one who two years later still feels the need to bring me down? It's because, okay, there's a variety of reasons. One of the things is sometimes the divorce thing is a control mechanism. Like, let's say you're you're starting to go a different different direction. They're losing control, and they use it to try to bring you back in. That's one. Another thing that typically happens is is they found somebody else who's 
bigger, better, faster, stronger, you know, I guess on the other side, you know, younger, hotter, blonder, whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, they find somebody else who is, uh, they think is better. And they're like, oh, I'm going over here. And then they implode everything. And they, in their mind, want you to be miserable. They want, they want to like have you in the corner, pining over them, feeling like they, you know, it's like, yep, I destroyed this person. I'm in a better life and I can rub it in forever. But if that doesn't work that way, if you move on, sometimes they lose their mind. <laughs> sometimes, even with their, if they're with a new person, they'll still do this. Bottom line, guys, again, not a therapist. But the patterns of behavior on this is typically people who follow in this category are emotionally delayed and are operating at a you know, nine-year-old level, 10-year-old emotional level. So they're playing those same type of child, childish games that, that, that kids play. The only problem is they happen to be in a you know, 29-year-old body, a 47-year-old body, a 62-year-old body. And Will, I would say more than likely on this, is this will probably continue until she gets to a point that she feels that she has completely done better, maybe, then maybe it might calm down. However, typically, it doesn't ever change. It'll stay at that level forever. That's the one benefit that we have going through this is we can sit there and go, okay, you know, I mean, it could even be like, let's say you've had a bunch of relationships. I mean, I only had one long one, but let's say you look at it and you go, all right, that was a disaster. What's the, you know, I'm the common denominator in this. How do I, you know, what do I need to do? And you start taking steps to improve yourself, not to hide from it, not to put it under the, you know, you know, put it in a box and put it under the bed. You actually, and that's what I did. You, you actually say, okay, you know what? I want to figure out how in the hell I got into this position in the first place. Like for me, it was like, how in the hell did I spend two decades in this living this illusion and think it was okay? How did I burn two decades of my life? And I started looking at it and I started reading about relationships. That's where, if I can pull this up, that's where the, uh, under my resources, no, that's on the wrong site. Let me go to this one. Under my um, website, under resources, I, see, I should have clicked it before. All right, let's click again. It's starting to load. It's trying. It's doing its thing. That's where this divorce, not divorce poison, divorce poison, divorce poison is an excellent book. I would encourage you guys to read it. But this one, Rebuilding Your Relationship uh, when your relationship ends by Bruce Fisher and Robert Alberti. It's an old book, old workbook. I don't even remember who recommended it to me. Maybe it was my therapist. I don't remember, but I started reading that and I was like, it was like mind blown. I was like, Oh my God. I mean it, and it's, it's done in a way where it talks about a topic and then it has you ask questions and it wants you to basically kind of do some, some work on yourself. to to participate in it. And it really, that was kind of the key, this, 
what over there? Where is it? Over there, where it uh, was trying to, or not where it was, not where it was trying, but where, where it was really giving me a different perspective on things. And I, and I had an open mind to look at this and I was like, wow, you know, and then obviously I did do the hypnosis stuff, which was really helpful too. But, but I mean, what I'm saying is, is that most of the time, we look at it and say, instead of saying, nope, nope, we're the victim, you know, all women are bad, all men are bad, uh, you know, everyone's horrible, you know, I'm a victim, 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 which, I mean, in a, in a way we are, but you don't want to stay there. I mean, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life licking my wounds in the corner. I wanted to figure out how to get out of this emotionally, raise myself up, like I often say, you know, re-baseline your life and hit, hit the reset button and start over. The sad reality is, is people with these issues, especially MPD, they'll, it's like they'll, they, something really seriously catastrophic would have to happen. Like they do something so bad that they get forced to get treatment. And even then it's a, it's a, it's a, a really rough road. Borderlines, on the other hand, that there are some treatment techniques that do um, that have had some success, but it's that's a long process as well. It takes a lot of time to uh, to overcome that. I see. Uh, uh, Shannon said to Will, uh, to Will, the narcs hate losing and they delight in the misfortune of their enemies, i.e., you. <laughs> They would never want to see you doing well without them. It would be a blow to their fragile ego. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they don't want people to look around and see, you know, oh, wow, Will is, you know, he's doing great in his career. You know, they, they definitely don't want to hear, wow, all he had to do was get away from you and his life got a lot better. How's yours doing? At the end of the day, and I'll, and I'll just use this as a, as a little segue point. At the end of the day, you have to focus on, on your own life and your own world and your own environment. Because if you start comparing yourself to others, especially your ex, then it is, it's, it's just going to lead into badness which is where the black hole thinking and absolute thinking videos that I did way back when, if you go to the main page, and I say I have a caller, I'll grab it here in a second. If you go to the main page, you scroll down the first playlist, Mindset for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery. Stupid, I need to re redo all these. The second and third videos, Absolute Thinking for uh, Recovery and Why Black Hole Thinking is Important. Um, the Absolute Thinking, if anyone's not familiar with it, is the short version of that is where you take the little bit of information, and I know this is going to be contrary, contrary, counter, this will counter what I said at the top of the show. But you're doing it internally, you're not doing it externally. And what I mean is, is you take your other, your, your person, who's driving you crazy, and you look at them and say to yourself, they are NPD. They have, the, they, they are diagnosed 100%, it is, it is 100% solid, that's what they are. You, you keep that in your side of your head. You don't say it to people. 
And the reason that's important is because every one of you out there who's in the beginning stages of this and, and all the people who are farther along will have gone through the phase where you're like, are they really? Am I blowing this out of proportion? Maybe I'm the narcissist. Maybe, maybe it's not as bad. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just, I want this to be true to give me answers. So maybe it's not true. You will drive yourself crazy. I've talked to, I've gone through that. I've talked to a bunch of people who have, who have gone through that. You just need to say they are NPD, whatever they are NPD, comorbid with borderline, whatever it is, you know? And then in your mind, you're like, I know what the traits are. The traits are this, 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 this is what they do. This is what I need to do. The, the next part about that is whenever, and why this is so important is whenever you start having those doubts and you start wondering, you start going through this thing going, well, there was this one time where, where they made, you know, they made me tea and they didn't like tea. So they can't be, you know, no, it's gotta be, you gotta say in your mind, nope, it's manipulation. It was not genuine because they, they thought they were doing something nice. It was for the overall illusion of what they were trying to do. Short version, check the vision, or short, um, condensed version of what that is. And in black hole thinking is just getting to the mode to where you think of them as a black hole. You know, whatever's happening on the other side, you don't know, you don't care, you can't get there. If you try to get too close to it, you'll be sucked in and consumed by that black hole. <laughs> Anyways, very important. Because if you think about what's going on with them, and it's easy. It's easy at the beginning when you're financially ruined, you're living on someone's couch, maybe you're living in your car and you're hearing how you're a scumbag and how you're not participating and how you don't love your kids and how, you know, they're gallivanting around having a great time and, you know, you're trying to scrounge up top ramen to just survive. Or like in my situation, looking at their office going, you know, Right underneath my desk looks like a pretty good place to sleep because I can't afford to drive home and put gas in my car and run the air conditioning and, you know, pay the heating bill. So what am I going to do? That's where it got down. I almost got to the point where I was literally considering that. And then we finally changed things and the money switched around. So I was able to survive. Okay, there is a caller. Let me see what, what the thing says. Uh, I'm just calling in for a quick comment about... Uh, uh, it didn't grab everything. So I'm going to just grab this person. It's in area code eight, uh, eight, four, five. Welcome to the show. You are on. What's up, Dwayne? It's Matt from New York again. Good hey, to talk to you. Hey, Matt, how are you doing today? All right. Having a bad couple of days. I'm going to try to make it quick. I took over your show last time. <laughs> um, uh, nothing. Just listening to the stuff, getting some support. I had a couple of, I'm having some, what do you call it, uh, catastrophic thinking in a sense, like uh, I get thrown off. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it's just, uh, it's uh, as you know, I'm living with my wife and my son, and we're in the process of divorce, which seems forever. Especially <laughs> and, uh, now. It's, I wanna, yeah, I want to touch on something that uh, worries me, and I don't know if anyone else thinks about it. I, like I said, like we talk about, I'm lucky. I see my son every day. Yeah. Um, a lot of men aren't that lucky. A lot of women aren't that lucky. I hear those stories from women as well. Um, but uh, the, the issue is it's, it's, um, it's the feeling that you're under the microscope, that every, every little thing is going to be analyzed, such that, like, my son was recently, um, he's ready to go to, uh, like, Sunday school. They have, like, parochial, not parochial school, but it's like a K-12 
catechism for Catholic, you know, Sunday school. And right. uh, to register them, that, that was important to me and my family, and I pushed for that and made sure he got. Long story short, she registered him, which is like, who cares? In the, in the service area, who cares? Yeah, yeah. For my thinking, it's like, oh, look what they're going to They're going to think, oh, look, I'm, my wife is the one that does it, not me. My wife is the one that, that, that does everything. I don't do, because that's what she's going to say. She's going to go to court and say, I, I don't do anything. She has to take care of everything, and that's why she should have primary custody. And it's those things that just throw me for a tailspin. And I, I don't know if I should just say, don't worry about it. That's ridiculous. One thing, you got what you wanted. That's what was important to you, get your son into those classes. Yeah. Now he's there. I don't know how important it is. I could be overthinking it. Just saying it's not important. I don't, you just don't know. That's the problem with this whole thing. I feel like that you just don't know. You just, are they really going to care about such nitpicking or do they really not? Are they just going to be like, okay, you you live, you take care of your son since he was born. Okay. That's basically it. You know, is there any allegations of horrible things? No. Yeah. And a lot of it, yeah, I think a lot of it's going to depend on your area. Right. I mean, I think like in California, which I used to think was, was, you know, a pro-mom, anti-dad state, and come to realize that for the most part, I mean, they make you fight for 50-50, but for the most part, if uh, there's, like you said, if there's no outs- there's no serious issue, there's no reason for it to happen. You know, then you take other places like Texas, where it seems to be different, right? It seems to be that if one person says, hey, no, I don't want to share care anymore, um, it'll, it potentially can change. I know we've talked about this before. If your attorney is saying, hey, you know, you, yeah, I can go either way, but you have a pretty good chance, then you're probably doing okay. I mean, the fact that you're still there in the house, which I, I'm, you know, congratulations to you, sir, for doing that because I couldn't do that. But, uh, but the good part about it is, is you're in in their life. I mean, it's going to be hard. See, here's the, here's the flip side to the discussion. She can say whatever she wants, but you're there. So your counter argument would be, um, okay, our child has been living in this environment where we've been together all this time, and now you're going to change it to where they don't see me anymore. You know, it's like no, there's already you know it's it'll right. it will be easier on the on the child that there's meaningful like the last call or the meaningful contact with with the kids, and I mean you know right. you know I mean I would just you, you work closely with your attorney. Make sure that uh, your strategy is strong. Make sure that if they if they rule against you, that there's something that you could appeal it. Make sure that <clears throat> your attorney will appeal, will appeal it if there's a problem. And if not, either do it on your own or find somebody else. I know oftentimes in family court, they don't want to do that. And then, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you're doing, you, dude, you are doing everything the way, I mean, the best that you can in a really tough situation. So... I do appreciate that. Another, I was uh, uh, touching on the NPD more than the custody, but I was, I'm, I'm seeing a therapist now every week because I thought that was a good idea, and I felt like I was sometimes taking my stress out on my child in the sense yeah. that I get frustrated with them over things. Mm-hmm. And it was really because I was the stress of the divorce, the stress of his mother, and I was yeah. being frustrated with him. So that's why I started seeing a therapist every week, and she said something to me about, I guess I call it, I, I victimized myself. I was talking about the fact that I can't take a shower in my house because my wife removes locked doors. She removes shower heads. So I said, i down these things like this. Now she's controlling. And, and she's like, well, how do you, what do you mean you can't? It's your house. Do what you want. And I feel like I, you don't understand. If I get that, I could do what I want. A lot of people say that. Do what you want. Just do it. 
Yeah. But I, I, I am not a conflict. I, I, if you do it and you challenge the throne, she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna blow things up in your face. It's gonna get worse. Yeah. No, and you're right. So, I mean, and, I kind of made this for my. Yeah. yeah. No, and I will just, and I'm, and that's a great point. And I think a lot of people they don't understand the dynamic. I've had similar conversations. Not, I mean, I don't. My situation wasn't exactly like yours, but I have had comments to where, uh, with with therapists, uh, kids therapists, and even my own, like on some of the instances where it's like, oh, there's a joint joint or, or a thing I was going to participate in, and then the kids get to the point where they're like, oh no, don't don't show up, daddy, uh, mommy's coming, and if you go, she won't go, and. You know, I really want mommy to go, right? And the answer was, well, just show up. And I'm like, look, I hear you. Yeah, and kind of like what your person said. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can take a shower. You can break the door down. You can pick the lock. You can do whatever you need to do. But the reality is there's a cost to it, and is it worth it? Like in my situation, I was looking at it going, well, if I show up, my kid begged me not to go, you know, and I'm going to put them in in a situation where it's going to make it harder on them. It's like, how do you do that? How? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I could show up. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You could go take the shower, but there's a cost to it. I, it's frustrating whenever we have to explain things like that to people and they don't, and they don't get it right. And, and, and then maybe, you know, as you explained it to, hopefully as you explain it to your therapist, they had an aha moment and they're like, Oh yeah, this is a little more complicated because they're thinking about it. Like, you know, don't, don't touch my coffee cup or, or whatever. They're thinking about it in a very benign way. And this is not benign. It's, 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 <laughs> it's complete opposite of that. Right. And a lot of them think of it as like a normal bully and just stand up to the bully and the bully will get a stand down. And maybe that's true. But right now my child is in the middle. If it was not, if it wasn't for him, well, I probably wouldn't be there. If it wasn't for him, I'd say, let's have it out. Let's, let's, let's have it. Let's, let's, right, let's right. do can, whatever. Well, you wouldn't I don't be, but, but the, match. I but, don't mind. But the reality is, is if, if your child wasn't there, you wouldn't be there. If you didn't have a kid, right, exactly. you would have said, peace out, I'm gone. The house isn't worth it, that, you know, whatever. And you wouldn't be dealing with it. What you're doing is you, you know with the way the situation is that you walk out, all the alienation that's happening right now. I mean, my God, dude, you're in the house and she's trying to erase you. If you weren't in the house, mm-hmm. you wouldn't see your kid at all. And you wouldn't have an opportunity. And then she would proceed to, when you go to court, say, well, I don't know why Matt's not here. I give him ample opportunity to to be involved, and he just won't do it. Right? I mean, you know that. I know that. Of course, yeah. I mean, she's going to try to do it now. Yeah, and the one more thing with the therapist, which actually drove me into this little tailspin the last two days, that I was telling her this thing and about letting me do things. And she made a comment that if you you go to a judge and say your wife doesn't let you take a shower, you're not going to have any custody. It shows that you can't parent your child. You can't control the situation. And I said, oh, God, that, that's my biggest fear, that they're going to somehow look at the judge and somehow look at this situation and see me as whatever, negatively. No, I mean... And, and so I, it's like, I feel like the option to me is like you can fight and look aggressive and pro- like making trouble or... You know, dude, give in and then seem powerless. You, you, you fight yeah. and be aggressive and do that. My guess would be you would have the cops at your doorstep and they would remove you from the house. I'm surprised. To be yeah, honest, that's I'm surprised. That's, that's what's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, here, here's the deal. So you know, saying? no, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, I, th- I think that's uh, well. I was going to say I'm surprised she hasn't done that to you yet. But I mean, I think she's well, trying she to provoke. That's what started it. Oh, okay. 
Well, see, then you it's already know. The police, but nothing. There was no. There was no problem. That's what initiated. My, I initiated the divorce process because I didn't provoke. I didn't do anything aggressive. Mm-hmm. I was actually the opposite. I was just sitting on the couch saying, and she was like, "I don't want you here tonight. I want you to go home." I was like, "I'm just sitting here. I'm not going to bother you. I don't, I'm sitting in my. No, you're leaving. Oh, I'm going to call the cops. You don't leave. That's the guy. Call the cops." And she did, and they came. They they talked to us, and they left because there's nothing to see. But that's why I said, "Uh oh, this is this is now it's happening. She's really going to go next time. She's going to." I'm going to punch yourself in the face and then do it. So that's when I, I, uh, I had to get out of there. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I mean, and, and, and so, I mean, I often talk about double binds, right? You, you are in a double bind, right? Okay. Everything, every decision has a pitfall. However, don't let the catastrophic thinking, cause I, I, dude, I remember those days myself. It's so easy to start going down that road. And then when someone says something like that, you're like, Oh my God, I got this strategy and it's going to backfire and I'm going to lose everything. And I've tried all that, you know, and then you start going, you know, your brain just goes faster and faster, faster. And you start feeling like you're, you're spinning out of control because you effectively are just take a breath, dude, you are doing, you are in a, a really tough situation. I mean, for people who are new that don't, you know, haven't been around a while, they haven't seen your comments, uh, or when you've called in before, you know, maybe they might not, might not understand, but I mean, you have been dealing in this situation for a long time. You're still in the same house with your ex. You guys are trying to go through a divorce while under the same house. And she is doing everything to try to provoke you to get you to make a mistake. And you are doing very well. Just keep reminding yourself of that. Thank you, sir. And, and you know, I mean, these things are rough, you know. You, you, you know everything you say is more than likely what's going to happen. Meaning, well, let me back up. Everything you say that you think she's going to do is probably correct. That doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's going to believe her, right? I mean, there are two sides to every story. And if you come across calm, rational, and she comes across psychotic, that is going to bode well for you. And, you know, just document everything. And I mean, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it's like, okay, your ex is locking you out of the house so you can't do your laundry and you can't take a shower so you're you're like, look, this is this crap I'm dealing with. This is what my kid has to see, but I don't want to abandon the situation. And this is what I'm doing. I mean, you know, the, the problem is, is what she's expecting. And my my thought is that you're going to break the door down and do physical damage. She could, then can call the cops and say, you know, Matt's out of control. And they're going to say, hey, buddy, gra- go grab, you know, go grab a bag, grab some, grab some clothes, get your toothbrush. And let's get out of here and let's, I mean, either, either they'll arrest you or they'll say, or they'll say, Hey, you know what? You need to leave. You need to grab a couple of things and get out of here because if this, if this escalates, you're going to end up in jail. Right. I agree. I think that it's it's one of the, it's either I I snap and do that or I break and quit and move out. Yeah. Either way, you know, she's, it's a silver bullet. It's what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame, but. Yeah, I think so too, and that's why I'm just trying to stay the course. But little things like, like those comments, like it's the little the, the little things when this does go to court, and they're going to nitpick every little thing. Uh, it's that secondary stuff. Yeah, know? I would I would recommend the next time you see a therapist, just say, "Hey, look, you know what? We need to, we need to talk about something." And I'm under a lot of stress with with what's going on. And when you said what you said, because I'm so worried about you know making mistakes, it sent me into a tailspin. You know, I understand that you're, yeah, you know, you, you, go ahead. No, I think it was at the tail end of the, the, the session, which 
I wish they were longer. I feel like whatever, if they ever been to therapy, it's like I could go more. It's like it always feels like I'm getting cut off. But anyways, who who began, the hell came up with 45 like, minutes? How how can you accomplish anything? I know. <laughs> I know. I felt the same way. Hey, you say hello and how you doing? That takes five minutes. Exactly. But I feel like uh, I feel like she was kind of maybe at the getting into. She was kind of uh, at the understanding uh, the understanding that my wife is keeping me from parenting altogether. Which isn't the fa- the case. I mean, I when I'm home, I'm on the weekends when I when I'm not at work. Uh, when I'm home, I'm I'm preparing meals, I'm preparing snacks. I play with them all the time. When I get home from work, I'm playing with them. Before work, I'm playing with them. Yeah. Um, uh, every I take them to my parents' house every weekend. I take them to the, the river. I take them to the park. And before COVID, I did a hell of a lot more. I take them to the yeah. library every weekend. Take them to festivals, carnivals. So I've always been an active father. Maybe she kind of was thinking that my uh, comment on how she doesn't let me do a shower, that she doesn't let me do anything, and I'm completely sidelined. And then she'd, she'd be right in the sense that I can't be completely sidelined because I ain't going to look good. I don't do anything. I have to, you know, so maybe that's what she was well, I, like. Yeah, I'm, ma- maybe what she was just trying to say is, hey, make, make sure you tailor your message, right? You don't want to be, you know, victim, victim, victim mode, and you want to say, look, you know, this is what I used to do. And I'm trying to keep some sanity for our child in the situation. Here are some, you know, these are the things the ex is doing to try to make this as difficult as possible. She's locked the door, so I can't use the bathroom. She, you know, I mean, let's see what she's, what took the faucet. I mean, she's done all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, lock the laundry room. If I remember, you you know, saying, so you can't do your laundry. I mean, you know, just show pictures and just say, and just keep it like that. I guess. Bottom line is, is at the end of the day, the presentation is really going to be key, right? I mean, if you come in and you're like, oh, she won't let me do anything, right? That's not, that's not necessarily good. But if you're like, look, here's a situation. I'm trying to deal with this. I'm trying to make the best of the bad. But, you know, I mean, this is bad all the way around. I'm trying to do the best with this. And I've done okay while dealing with the bathroom's been locked out. I can't use it. I can't, you know, I, um, she won't let me or, you know, whatever. I, I had a routine where I would read to my child every day. And now that's one, yeah. you know, she's interfered with that. The laundry room was close and I have to go to the laundromat to do my, I can't do the laundry in my house. That's legally and technically we are still married. So it's still our lo- house. I'm being denied at, you know, access to it. I'm, and I'm, instead of making a mess and start, instead of making an issue out of it, I'm packing my bag and I'm going to the laundromat or going to my friend's house, doing my laundry and then coming back. I mean, and, and, and that's just, and I think that's the key is just how you communicate it and how you present it. And, and there's two ways, right? You could, what I was just going through, the examples I was going through is the same story, right? I mean, it's, it's the same content and the same, uh, you know, examples, but one way kind of makes you look not as great. And another way makes you look better. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what I'm going for is just that. Yeah. You know, sometimes I want to touch on, you know, other people. Yeah, I have affect other people. Sometimes we, as people going through this, men and women, some things really throw us into a spiral. Oh, yeah, it, absolutely. It, 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 it's hard. It can, and it's ups and downs. And, it, and, and uh, you know, I hope everyone else can feel the same way. And I'll get out of this. This is a couple of days of a down, and I'm hoping I pop back up. But yeah. this is some hard stuff, man. It is. Well, thanks <laughs> but, for calling, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'll let you... Uh, no, and thanks for being there, and I'll let you continue the show. I hope this was quicker than last time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Do your thing. So, you know, I, and I'll just touch base on on catastrophic thinking, and I and I know I've made videos about that before. 
it's so easy because we're, 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 I mean, we're basically, when we're going through this, we are in a constant fight or flight mode. You know, our adrenaline's constantly going, we're constantly stressed and it really doesn't take much to just, you know, I mean, you don't have to like shove somebody. It's just like, you know, just push them, just push them a little bit. And it's like over the edge. If you guys find yourself starting to get that, 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 what I was talking about, where you're thinking just starts going faster and you start going, oh my God, this is going to happen. This is, oh my God, you know, this is really bad. I mean, I, and I used to do it. It's like, oh my God, this is going to happen. And then I'm going to lose everything. And then, I, I mean, I would go from, uh, the ex is going to, whatever, kind of like what he's talking about. It's like, oh, she's taking them all to all the appointments. Don't let me go. They're going to turn around and see that, that I'm not involved and I don't know what's going on. And then they're going to give her custody. Then they're going to give her all the money. Then I won't be able to pay my bills. Then I'll go bankrupt. Then I'll get uh, fired from my job. Then I won't be able to pay. Then they won't reduce it. Then they'll take my driver's license. Then I'll be, you know, then they'll put a bench warrant up for my address or for my arrest. So then I'll be in jail, you know, and it, and you ramp yourself up so much in this chaos that, okay, that scenario I played out that I just said, that hopefully you could understand that I wasn't completely garbled, but there's a possibility that could happen. There are people that have happened, that have happened to, I mean, it's, it's, things do happen. You have to take a breath and take a, take a pause and go, okay, all right, what can I do to prevent that? And that's what I finally ultimately did. It's like, all right, if I lose my job, I immediately have to get into court and get it adjusted and to get, to get the numbers lowered so that it's something that I can pay. I can't just sit there and just wait for the train to come or the, you know, the steamroller to just mow me over and flatten me out like a pancake. There are things that we can, we can do, right? I mean, take, take the caller with what we were just talking about. I can easily see how that, that, mind, that, that thought, that catastrophic thinking can spin out of control. The problem is, is when you spin out of control, you start, uh, your critical thinking skills start to diminish. You start making, you start reacting instead of making decisions specifically with what you're doing. And that will cause you problems. We have to, when we get into that mode, take a breath, you know, to do some mindful skill exercises. If you meditate, meditate, do whatever you need to do and say, okay, I'm here in this moment right now. Take a breath. Nothing's happened. What, you know, let's calm down for a minute and really look at, uh, at what's going on. It's, it is so tough. So now I was hoping that we could talk about more on how things have gotten better for, for people. So to give them some, some insight, what I will say on that, taking even with, with what the last caller was talking about. And just for you guys know, I think he's been going through this for about a year this is, this is not a, a, you know, this isn't something that's just happened in the last couple of, you know, couple of weeks or whatever. This guy has been dealing with this for a while. But this is a moment in time. And this is going to come to an end at some point. Their divorce will ultimately be final and he will have custody, custody of some sort. And 
Yes, there are other issues that are going to come up as a result of it, but the, what, you know, what we're currently dealing with, what everyone is currently dealing with right now is not necessarily going to be your forever. Now, let me just, let me just uh, add a caveat to this. If you make mistakes, it can set you back. If, if the caller was to do something like, you know, take a sledgehammer and break the door down and, and you know, destroy it and go take a shower or go do his laundry, that's probably going to be a mistake and there's probably going to be some repercussions from it. So our actions are critically important. If you find yourself, I mean, like for instance, in that situation, if you find yourself getting really irritated, go for a walk. Don't move out, right? I'm not saying move out, but, but, but remove yourself from the situation so you don't make a mistake that sends things, sends things down a, a different path. Wow, that was a hard sentence to roll together. Things do get better on this. Oftentimes it feels like it won't. Like I mentioned at the beginning parts of this, a lot of times it feels like it's going to be this chronic pain that you'll never get over. But you actually do. It actually does does change. Mr. Man says, think long-term because it will never end, but you will get better at dealing with this. And, and there's a lot of truth to what Mr. Man just said right there. And I just want it, to... Here's the weird part about this. It's like, like even in my situation, effectively nothing has changed with the X. Still the same stupid games, you know, and if I was reacting the same way I was nine years ago, eight years ago, it would absolutely be the exact same situation. But what happens is your perspective changes. It's kind of like what I was talking about with the Labyrinth movie. You realize that you, you're giving them so much more power than they absolutely deserve. And when you finally say, you know what? You don't get any more space in my head or in my heart. You're not allowed there anymore. I see what you're doing. I know what you're trying to get me to do. And I'm not going to play your game. I'm not going to give you that reaction. I'm not going to give you that power. That tends to drive them crazy. And it'll ramp things up. But what happens is, is it, it's, it's like, I don't know, you know, take it like if you're, if you're at a race, right. And you're both racing and you're at the same level, you know, maybe you're getting hit and, and you fall back a little bit, but when you start doing this and you start realizing that they don't have as much control over your mental space as, as you think, and they think they have, you start just to pull ahead and not to say that they can't knock you back down, not to say that, that there aren't going to be times where you know they're going to throw a spike through your bicycle wheels if you're on a bicycle, but you get, it gets easier to deal with, and you realize that you have a choice. You have a choice to focus on, on, on them 
or focus on building your life. On that, and I know we're running out of time, but I'm going to say this. I was talking to a longtime viewer the other day who's had a really rough experience, completely alienated, erased out of his child's life. You know, a 20 plus year marriage just basically, it was like it never happened. I was talking about the same, you know, I was like, yeah, I can relate. It was, it, it messed with my head to think that, that two decades in a moment could be completely meant, mean nothing. A lifetime meant nothing. And this person has been able to work through this and find some peace in a lot of travesty that's happened in his life. And that's the thing is we all have the ability to say, you know what? I can stay angry and bitter and frustrated, which we have. I don't always say this a lot. We have every right to feel that way. But at some point, you decide, you, you, you decide, or you, you wake up, or I don't know how the best way to say it is, is you, you, you wake up one day and you say, I just don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want to think about this anymore. I don't want to erase it, but I want to have some peace and joy in my life. And you start to make changes. You start to do things to focus on building your life. It's uh. Again, it kind of goes with, with the talking points at the beginning about changing in perspective. It's amazing how the perspective change makes a huge difference. And it's, it was tough. There's a lot of things that I, I mean, it was not easy for me. I, I had to let go of a lot of, uh, a lot of things that I thought were important. And when you get to the point that you're able to do that and just say, okay, all right. You know, I mean, what is it? Some people like the religious people say, you know, Jesus, take the wheel, you know, God will take care of it. Uh, spiritual people, you know, put it in the hands of the universe. There's a lot of truth to that. When you just say, okay, you know what? I'm just going to take a break, breath, take a break, take a breath, look at things a little different. And try to find some peace and joy and just in the moment. It's amazing how powerful that is. It's amazing how much that can change things. On that, we are almost down to the last minute of the show. Another week. I hope you guys have an outstanding uh, uh, weekend. I have a birthday party planned for my youngest. But on that... Thank you guys for hanging out with me today. Before you leave, give the show a like. I see there's one dislike, so somebody didn't like the message today. If you like what's going on here and you want to support, you can become a channel member. Gives you these cool emo uh, emojis and a badge by your name when you're on the live stream. Highlights, uh, highlights you a little bit. Anyways, hope you guys are doing okay. Hope this was helpful. I appreciate the conversation and all the banter. I wish I could have seen more of the comments today, but uh, I think we had some really great callers and good discussions. Keep up the faith. Things are going to get better. Just hang in there. All right, guys. 